Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food real with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and thanks for joining The Real Food Real. Today on the show we are joined by Vicky Curiel from Eat, Play, Thrive. Vicky and I are going to discuss all things LCHF as she is an LCHF dietitian and follows a paleo style approach. Hi Vicky and welcome to the show. Hi Steph and thanks for having me on. Amazing. So all of our guests that come on the show for the first time, I'd like you to give a little bit of a a background information or essentially your story just to introduce yourself to our guests. Yeah, sure. So um, you might hear a little bit in my accent that I grew up in South Africa. It's not there um, so much anymore, but I grew up in a really healthy household. My parents were fit and healthy. There was always whole food available in our kitchen. Um, Nobody was ever overweight or suffered any sort of diseases in our extended family. And um, we had a great life there. Um, In my 20s, I came to live in Australia and continued my studies here. And um, I moved in after doing an exercise physiology degree at Monash. I moved into Deakin where I went on to nutrition and dietetics. And this, um, you know, the minute I moved into this degree, I was quite taken by surprise as to what the recommendations were, you know, the pyramid style eating and the Australian recommendations. And this was quite foreign to me, having come from the type of upbringing that I had. And it was actually quite opposite to what I had done my entire life. And, um, you know, I thought, oh, maybe this is all new and 
maybe this is something that science is heading towards. And so I sort of just went along with things for the majority of my studies. I questioned things along the way, but I was often just told, you know, here's the the research to back it up. And following that, I went into practice and um, worked in a number of large hospitals in Melbourne. And um, I felt extremely frustrated a lot of the time. I felt that I really wasn't helping people in regards to their nutrition, helping them um, lose weight or become better or optimizing nutrition. It just wasn't happening. And there were a few isolated incidences, one in particular involving a 13-year-old boy who was just recently diagnosed type 2 diabetic. And I felt like my hands were tied in regards to what I could recommend to him. And there was always this little voice at the back of my head telling me what I should be recommending to him. And so I was quite torn in um, in how to practice. And so I left the dietetic pr- profession at that stage and I went in and did a whole lot of exercise stuff and started lecturing um, at various TAFEs and um, I did a whole lot of different stuff, but I never, ever lost my passion for nutrition. Um, and that's really where my passion for all of this revolves around so I love the exercise component and all of that but nutrition is really my thing and so I did a lot of research during my time of not practicing as a dietitian and this completely sealed for me that what I had been doing as a child and the way that I'd been brought up was the right way to go and that there was evidence to support that And so I decided to go back to practice as a dietitian, but in a private practice setting so that I could basically choose how I wanted to um, practice and not be dictated to. And that's where Eat, Play, Thrive came about. I joined forces with my husband, who's a chiropractor and also a personal trainer, and we made a little hub of everything that we strongly believe in and We have a great following today, lots of people who come to us on a weekly basis to exercise and um, optimise their life. So that's where I'm at today. Amazing. And I think it's a really fascinating story. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about some challenges that you've had. So we had Karen Zinn on the show uh, earlier this year, and I know she's had quite a lot of challenges in New Zealand with um, I guess, the governing bodies over there. What's been your experience with the Dietetics Association, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a few years ago, I was made aware of a couple of people who had decided to practice low-carb, high-fat and were actually suspended mm-hmm. from the Dietitians Association and then went through quite extensive um, legal battles and lost jobs and all sorts of things. And um, so I investigated how it was going to impact me staying a member of the Dietitians Association as well as staying um, accredited. And I decided to actually pull the pin. So what I when I did further investigations, you know, I, I found out about the partners that the Dietitians Association um, is partnered with, you know, p- things like Unilever and Nestle, and all of these were very contrary to my beliefs. And I thought that if I was going out on a limb and going to practice quite differently, then I didn't want to be associated with an association who was partnered with the likes of these 
um, larger corporations. And so I pulled my membership of the Dietitians Association and I'm no longer a registered dietitian in Australia. I can still practice. I still have insurance that covers me, but I'm not a member of the association. Yeah, amazing. And I think it's a really great story. And I'm sure you do get asked a lot as to how you went about approaching this and whether it was the right decision. So has there been any flow and effect from that? And and do you get asked this question by other dietitians that are in a similar boat to you once we're in? Yes, and, and I and I um it, it's a hard one because mm. for my patients, um, you know, my patients can no longer claim on private health insurance. So if somebody comes to me and they might, might be battling and they can't afford my services, it really um, makes it difficult because they should be able to claim and they can't anymore. Um, so that's a, a, a sticking point. Um, but I, I need to hold strong on these beliefs of mine because I think ultimately something will happen and um, I feel, you know, from a, oh, just from my own, uh, my head space, my heart space, I can't go back on this decision that I've made. And, yes, that I do cop a lot of flack, I guess, about it. Um, so, yeah, it's a difficult sticking point and I'm sure many of your listeners are aware of Gary Fetke's situation and how you know and so I think this is all going to come to a head at some point I'm just not sure how it will work out for me but I'm sort of in my little box doing my little thing as I believe is right and hopefully one day it will all sort of work out for the best. Yeah, I think that's a really great attitude and I really admire you for doing that because I think there are a lot of people that feel quite stuck. I even now hear of dietitians that are, you know, pretty much changing industries altogether because they feel quite disillusioned with the situation and and how the DAA um, are still functioning. So well done for doing that and I think it's, you know, you've just got to listen to your heart and do what's right and you know what you're teaching your clients and your audience is is the way forward. We're just waiting for the extremely long lag period that there always seems yeah. to be. So Absolutely. tell us more about Eat, Play, Thrive and say from a nutrition standpoint um, how you would work on an individual needs basis. Yeah, sure. So I offer various things. We have our, our members who come in on a weekly basis to do various exercise classes. So we offer a range of um, classes from Pilates and yoga all the way to strength and conditioning, boxing um, and group training type classes. And so these are people that I'm involved with on a weekly basis. And so we run workshops for those sorts of, for those members and um, have various ways of supporting them online um, through their resources and downloadable products and videos and all of that sort of stuff. If people are wanting to really get individualised, then um, I do offer one-on-one consulting. So they would come in and we'd sit down and really look at their uh, their personal situation, their current lifestyle and make um, changes according to what their goals are. Um, I also offer a particular program, which is a six-week low-carb challenge where people can come in and we go through this in a group. I love working in groups. I find that when people work in groups, they thrive, they create a little bit of a community, um, they bounce ideas off of each other. Sometimes when you're 
do things one-on-one, it becomes quite isolating. I find when you move forward as a group, it can be really rewarding and um, that community support can be fantastic. So we really um, focus on that community aspect of things at Eat, Play, Thrive. Yeah, fantastic. And do you get most people these days coming to you because they know you follow an LCHF approach or are you explaining that to somebody and taking them down that pathway with you? Mostly people are seeking an LCHF dietitian. Mm. Um, So they've actually found me that way. Um, As you might know, it's quite difficult to find an LCHF dietitian. (laughs) (laughs) So once they search that, they find me online. Um, But my clients who maybe come to us initially for exercise might not be familiar with this way uh, or this approach towards nutrition at all. And so there's that education process and that is usually achieved through ebooks and videos and workshops that we provide those members. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So take us through then your, I guess, way of educating a client, say a beginner client around LCHF and then maybe some of the challenges that you've experienced with, say, what we've all been exposed to for the last five decades. Yeah, sure. So I like to um, run quite regularly two specific um, types of workshops and the one revolves around should everybody be following a low-carb diet? Um, And this is probably the most common question I get asked, you know, is this approach for everyone? And um, the most simple answer would probably be, in my opinion, yes, but it's a far more complicated answer in you know, in that regard. And that's because, you know, first of all, what is low carb? And that interpretation is different for everyone. Like if you look at low carb according to um, dietitians association, that's classified low carb. If you ask somebody who's ketogenic what low carb is, then that's going to be a heck of a lot lower than that. So the classification of low carb, getting that clear, what I actually mean by that. And then speaking about how individuals can look at themselves, their history, their weight history, their um, family history, all sorts of aspects of their health, um, their blood work, and then start making decisions as to what a good starting point of carbohydrate intake might be for them. And to give you an example of this, you might have a really lean athlete who is healthy and um, whose blood work is great and you know they're just looking to optimize health compared to somebody maybe who is significantly overweight has type 2 diabetes um, you know all sorts of things going on with their bloods and those two people obviously the amount of carbohydrate in their diet needs to be quite different could they both be classified low carb yes but that low-carb classification for each of them would end up being quite different. So that's where my education starts for people. Um, and then the second one would be around fat because it's been drilled into us that fat is evil and fat makes us fat and fat clogs our arteries and gives us heart attacks and, you know, and trying to re-educate people and showing people the evidence um, that, Fat is actually really healthy and um, as long as we're eating good fat, we need a a good amount of that in our diet to maintain health. Um, And so just trying to get around all of those um, 
fears that people have around fat and and all of that socialization that we've had around fat over the past 50 odd years. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you would agree that it's quite a gradual process for some people, particularly those that have got a history of calorie counting or dieting or low fat. Yes, absolutely. You know, we don't need to dive straight into anything. We can take it slowly and start, you know, thinking about real food and start thinking about naturally occurring fats as opposed to manufactured fats. And, you know, just starting to get people to think, maybe do a little bit of reading and exploring. You know, they don't need to take what comes out of my mouth as gospel, just looking beyond. So, pointing them in the direction, in the right direction for those resources and, yeah, just starting a new education process for them around nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what we try and do is really bring that message back to real food. So rather than it being just about high fat, which can sometimes be all people here when you explain that acronym and it does bring up those feelings of fear and that I'm going to get fat and things like that. Um, Obviously, when we're talking about the lower carbohydrate, we are going to be reducing, if not eliminating the refined carbohydrates and focusing on healthy fats. And it really is just getting people to eat whole foods. And then, as you said before, with that personalization, teaching them how much they need based on you know their current metabolic health and goals absolutely and i always say you know if in doubt your default should just be real food mm. you know so can you look at an item and go you know is this available to me in nature if there were no processing plants or manufacturing going on would i be able to eat this and if your answer is yes well then go for it and if not then you need to think twice about where it's come from and what's it's got inside it and how could this potentially damage your health yeah absolutely so then what do you do with a client say um in terms of their progression i mean i know it's going to be quite individualized but maybe give us a couple of examples we could start with someone who was perhaps a little bit resistant and maybe the gradual changes that you um, encourage them to make? Yeah, so the first thing that we'll do is really around real food and beginning to try and focus rather than thinking about, well, what should we eliminate from our diet? Well, what can we really pack this diet full of? And so I go through a few lists with people and I, I speak about a green list, which is foods that We can just eat without thinking about, you know, and these are lots of um, fresh produce and greens and good fats and good proteins from good sources. And, you know, so really emphasizing what they should be trying to think about first when they are preparing a meal or having a snack, you know. So what, what should be coming onto your plate first? Because if you fill your plate up with all of this sort of stuff, there's often not much room left on the plate. And also in terms of your appetite, it's difficult then to get the extras in. Um, so focusing on what we should be having first or what's going to be optimal to have first. And then I have these orange and red lists and the orange list of foods, you know, that you want to really just think about before you have. They're not to say that these foods are banned or terrible or hor- whatever, but just that they need a little bit of thought. So um, um, an example of things on this list are fruits. And even though fruits are a whole real food, um, if somebody's really resistant and 
significantly overweight and metabolically they're not doing that well, well, they need to consider how much fruit they should have in their diet. And so orange list items are things that we should stop and think about before we have. And then red list items are things that we want to try and avoid as much as possible um, without putting too much of um, a negative connotation to them. And I'm, I'm really mindful with my clients, particularly people who have dieted their whole lives, yo-yoed with their weight up and down, of really the whole um, psychological side of dieting. We've spoken so much um, in the past of good food and bad food and you know if we eat bad food we should feel bad about ourselves and that is so not the way to be thinking about things but rather, rather thinking about foods as sometimes foods or treat foods and not labeling them to make us feel a particular way um, yeah so that's sort of where I would go with them and then slowly slowly through lots of trial and error because everyone is so different, finding that optimal um, um, type of food and amount of food that is for a particular individual. Yeah, I completely agree. And what about another example of someone that's perhaps been following their version of LCHF for some time but don't feel like they're perhaps getting the results that they otherwise should? What would you do there? So this is then really honing in and having a look specifically at their nutrient balance. So, you know, I, I would get them to record their intake for a week or so um, through an app and that would give me a really good indication of their macronutrients. So how much protein are they having, how much fat are they having, how much carbs are they having because sometimes what a person thinks they're having and what they're actually having can be quite different. So that recording process can be really useful. Something that often is um, not thought of enough is timing of intake. So we think of but we don't really keep insulin resistant so um, we're trying to keep insulin levels as low as possible for as long as possible throughout the day and that this is where periods of I call them sort of mini fasts can be really useful to help people really start moving forward with their weight loss, particularly these insulin-resistant people. So timing of intake is something that I'd look at and then all their macronutrients. Um, I also come from a big lifestyle you know, background and so although I focus a lot on nutrition, at some point we do need to look at exercise and lifestyle and stress and all of those sorts of things. How much sitting are you doing? What's your movement like? All these little things can often make a big difference. So um, having a look at all that stuff as well I think is really important. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly holistic in nature and I think that's a really important part of the whole message. You know, people don't often expect to go to a nutritionist or a dietitian and be talking about stress or meditation but it's a huge part yeah. of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you look, you know, at what I'm really honing in on with a lot of my patients, it comes down to insulin and insulin resistance. And although insulin, it's the number one thing that's going to influence it is carbohydrate. Um, there are oh, hundreds of other things that will influence insulin. And so we need to consider all of those things um, if we're really wanting to make a change to their insulin resistance and, and their health outcomes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that there's a, a number of seminars or types of presentations that you do. Um, share with us, you know, where you're based and how our listeners can find out more about those events. Yeah, so we try and run fairly regular workshops at our premises, which is in Malvern East, um, so quite central in Melbourne. If, um, I'm sure your listeners are Australia-wide, but if you're a Melbourne-based person, um, we also put a lot of our stuff online. So we have a YouTube channel, which is Easy Low Carb Living. So people can jump on the YouTube channel and a lot of those workshops are recorded. They're not only nutrition-based workshops. So if the nutrition-based workshops are happening, that's always me and I try and choose a topic usually related to what I'm getting asked a lot about at that particular time. So the most recent two that we had um, in October, November was one was getting protein right. A lot of people um, really struggle with getting protein where it should be. Even the title LCHF, you know, we completely miss the protein component. We say low carb, high or healthy fat, but we forgot about protein in there. So that's something that I spoke about earlier on um, this year and another one was also should everybody be following a low carb diet that was you know, that's always an ongoing question so there's always those topics we've got other people in um, eat play thrive part of the team who run workshops we had some um, one of our weight loss therapists who comes in from a completely different angle to me she does hypnotherapy around behavioral changes um around food so that's you know helping you understand why you make the choices you do and how you could possibly manipulate those to be a little bit better and she ran a short seminar around that um, we also had um, a lot around exercise and movement and just creating more movement in your day there's been some great studies around how you know even if you um, go to the gym and do a hard workout for 45 minutes or so every single day, if you're just sitting at your desk and not moving, um, that it, it sort of is not the answer just to do that one bout of 45 minutes of exercise. So how could we create that movement throughout your day, you know, getting up and moving and, and creating reminders for that. So Joe, who's actually my husband and business partner, he's that's sort of his area and he has run something around that. All of these videos would be up on our YouTube channel. So, you know, if you're logged in, we also do little um, clips on, you know, exercises at home that you could do without without any equipment and so lots of things that you can do without actually coming in and seeing us one-on-one -on -one or coming into the premises. Yeah, amazing. So I'll certainly pop the show notes to both um, your website and YouTube challenge, uh, sorry, channel in the show notes. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you about your next challenge. So the um, six-week low-carb challenge, what is the next one being run? So the next one will most likely start in February. So we find January as everybody's away and doing their thing and um, so come back in February and that's where the next one would most likely start, which is most probably first or second week of Feb. And the good thing about the Low Carb Challenge is there are workshops that we run. There's three workshops within the six weeks, but people can do that on or offline. So we record the workshops and we provide all the notes through Dropbox and 
everything can be done just from the comfort of your home or you can come in and you can be a part of the workshop, you know, face-to-face as well. So it does give people the options, you know, even if they're not local or they just can't do it because it's too hard with kids or whatever the the, the issue is. Um, and as I mentioned earlier on, community being such a big part of everything that we do, for all of the low-carb challenges, we have a online forum where everyone can jump on and chat and pass on ideas to each other and, um, you know, ask questions 24-7 and Joe and myself and other team members are on there too so we're available um, and we're always on to a question within a few hours of it being asked just to make sure that people are constantly moving in the right direction and they feel fully supported and have that accountability along the way as well. Amazing. So again, those will be in the show notes. So it's been great to chat with you. I'm, I'm really glad to hear your story and that you are, you know, moving forward in, in the direction that you know is the right way. And I think a lot of other dietitians um, could take some inspiration from your story. So we're grateful okay. for what you're doing and thanks for your time and joining the show today. Thanks so much for having me on. It's always great chatting about these things. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Steph. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.